Remember days we was down bad. Remember days we was down bad. I remember we was down bad. Welcome, welcome everybody to this episode of the Being Technical Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Aaron Bien, where I'm just being technical and not practical. I appreciate y'all once again for tuning in for my new listeners. Thank y'all for tuning in. As you know, there is no practicality on this, obviously, on this episode where I just keep it technical. And then this episode is also sponsored by Hookah Boys Hookah and Corona Heart Seltzer. Ah refreshing right man i'm I, I i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna lie though these these corona hard cells would be smacking though i ain't gonna lie man I, big shout out kb he did put me on these cells these cells be smacking though damn like for those i've been on seltzers for the last like couple months and i just thought it was just some like soft ass drinking and the more and more i drink it i'm like damn these motherfuckers just be them they be hitting and you know obviously the hbm hookahs Best hookahs out in the industry. So if you're looking for a hookah, you know where to go. But for those tuned in, I do appreciate y'all. I am available on all platforms. Once again, you can listen to this episode or stream this episode on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Also straight from the Anchor app. If you haven't already done so, you can also subscribe for all updated content if you want to keep up with your boy. But that's up to you. But hey. If you, if you you can also give me a five star rating, if you told, uh, if you feel feeling generous, give your boy a five star. You know, you give your Uber driver a five star, right? You don't even be paying attention. You just give him five stars. So why not give your boy five stars? I like five stars. Damn, give me a five star. Anyways, let me take this quick sip real quick on this seltzer. Seltzer, ooh, this good flavor too. And this tropical lime. Ooh, just all type of fizz. Anyways, on this episode, we do have a lot. I do have a couple things to cover. I've, uh, things that I have uh, some thoughts and opinions on. Obviously, this past, I think it was Monday, this past week, this earlier this week, obviously they had a big Triller, Triller boxing match, charity match, uh, headlined by uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. Obviously, that was the big, the big headliner that everyone was apparently, supposedly supposed to be looking forward to. And which, by the way, Mike Tyson is still the baddest dude, the baddest man, the scariest man on the planet. I don't care what anybody says. Even though he's past his prime, I saw he had a little juice in his punches. I was like, oh, okay, 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 Mike, Mike, I see you, Iron Mike. For those that were too young to remember, Iron Mike was. Literally, they were like, that era was like three mics. That's crazy. The three biggest mics. It was like Mike Tyson, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. They were like the three biggest stars in that era. For those that are too young, 
I might have been a little too young to even like really remember that era. But Michael Mike Tyson was literally the baddest dude to walk the face of this earth. He might have been bigger than Michael Jordan if if you're keeping it real. Like if if you aren't like a diehard basketball fan or NBA fan, you. And, and honestly, I think Mike Tyson was probably a bigger star than Michael Jordan up until his downfall. But it was good to see Mike, Mike, Mike Tyson back in the ring. Also, Roy Jones Jr. back in that ring. And also, a big shout-out to Snoop. He was killing the commentating. I feel like he has a future in commentating and broadcasting. I could see him you know, broadcasting an NBA game or an NFL game, or like an XFL, or another boxing match. I mean, he did a damn good job, by the way. I had to, that was one thing I noticed about that boxing match. Big shout-out to Snoop. But, obviously, y'all know that was, that was, all of that was overlooked by the Nate Robinson and Jake Paul fight, or lack thereof, because that fight lasted literally like five minutes. Because Jake Paul knocked the the he knocked Nate Robinson into a deep sleep. I feel like they should have put a blanket and a pillow on the ring for Nate Robinson. That's how long he was sleep. For those that don't know who Jake Paul is, he's just some YouTube blogger. He started off as a YouTube blogger and he made videos and he made. Um, like he he went to he went to Vine and then he ended up at Disney and then he's got his like his own podcast or whatever and now he's just this big mega star, and Nate Robinson obviously was, uh, a NBA obviously played in the NBA had a long career you know he had that whole underdog, uh, mantra he was short he's undersized, uh, he won a couple of dunk contests and. Um, and he was actually a solid basketball player. He was, you know, he had a couple dunk, a couple uh, dunk contests, and it was like he had a good career. But sadly, 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 obviously, you know, today's generation is all about what have they seen recently and everything they see on social media. Nate Robinson would literally be remembered for getting slept on that ring, and that the the issue I had. With that, because like if you, if you if you if you just saw it at face value, you were like, oh, you know, Nate Robinson, he's a pro professional basketball player. He was an athlete. Jake Paul is just this YouTube blogger, just some just random white boy. Nate Robinson should feed him the hands. He should win, and for and that's what everyone thought. Like, oh, he should knock this dude out, or he should, he, you know, he should he should be able to beat Jake Paul. But for those that truly was paying attention to to the actual. Uh, like paying attention to the, like their promo or you know following on Jake Paul on his social media. Like Jake Paul is a pretty big ass dude. He's like six something two 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 twenty two twenty four, and like he actually fights. Like he boxes. Like I was watching their promo video, and I'm like, all right, you know they were leading up to the fight. And Jake Paul was in the ring. Like, he was actually boxing. He had a trainer. He had a diet. He was working out two, three times a day. And, like, even his older brother was a fighter. Like, he boxed prior to that and knocked his dude out. And when I was like, when I watched that promo video, this is obviously this was after the fight, after the fact of the fight. I watched it. I'm like, yeah, I can see how why he got his ass whooped. How Nate Robinson got his ass whooped. I mean, Jake Paul took that shit fucking 
seriously. Like, he was in that ring. He was in there working out. He was boxing. And and Nate Robinson. I see Nate Robinson over here dribbling the ball and shooting hoops and doing some dumbass shit and jogging. I'm like, bro, of course you got your ass whooped. And that was and a problem that why also I think why Nate Robinson got his ass whooped is he saw this is a problem. He saw, oh, this is just a white boy. I can beat his ass. This is a white boy. And that is the problem that I keep seeing. Like, it, it, like people seem like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm black. I should be. That's a white boy. I'll beat that white boy's ass. But when you really look, that was the problem. Nate Robinson went into the fight thinking like, oh, man, I'm going to beat this white boy's ass. He ain't, he ain't got me. I'm an athlete. I'm a pro athlete. I'm playing in the league. I'm in shape. And he didn't. He didn't look. He didn't take him seriously. And Jake Paul was in there like, "Oh, I'm in this motherfucking gym. I'm doing push-ups. I'm eating healthy. I'm eating right. I'm in there swing. Get do do practicing his craft because he took it more seriously than Nate Robinson did. And when he got in that ring, I was like, when I seen the first couple fights, I was like, "Oh shit, he might. Damn, Jake Paul might beat his ass." He might. So I'm in there watching. I'm like, okay, you know, okay. And I was like, boom, eat him with the first jab. I was like, oh, okay. And then bam, bam, knocked his ass out. I was like, oh, shit. I mean, I'm sure he caught Nate Robinson by surprise. Then Nate Robinson was like, all right, you know, another thing. He thought he was fighting instead of boxing. That was another problem. Nate Robinson, when he said, like, oh, fuck, you know, it didn't even have, he didn't even have any technique. So free people that even watch boxing, he didn't even have, whoa, in there with any technique with any skill no deep like he didn't practice like how do I defend because he didn't dodge not one single punch Jake Paul threw at him and again he was like oh I'm gonna go in there fight oh, I'm about to go in my street fighter mode and that's when he got his stupid little ass slumped because Jake Paul hit him with a nasty hook boom bing, boom put his ass to sleep and when what happened boy did the internet go on fire Nate Robinson knew his whole reputation flashed right in front of his eyes when he laid down on that cold, hard mat like, damn. And did Twitter and Instagram go the motherfucking in on his goofy little ass. I mean, the memes, the jokes, the... This people, <laughs> I see, I see one dude. One dude said when Jake Paul had the, uh, I don't know, I'm sure y'all don't seen the meme. Jake Rock, Jake Paul had the, he had his, um, uh, his, his, his arm with his boxing mitt looking down at him, and it was like a replica of the Muhammad Ali picture, and they was like, this is gonna be hanging in an all white, uh, barbershops across America. That was funny. I mean, then they had a, then they had a night night. Nate Robinson pack runs. Then they made a wee strand out of him. Then they every, just the memes did not stop. And I, I honestly I don't even know how if Nate Robinson can even go back to Twitter or Instagram. I honestly think he probably deactivated his Twitter and Instagram because after that ass whooping, I I, I don't even know if you if you can even show your face on the internet. I mean if he if he wants to brush it off or you know, uh, you know, try to play it cool. The best way, the best way to save face is at least laugh about it. 
and people was going in on him. And then you had the big baby, his old teammate was crying by him. Like, that boy had a family, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Like, boy, ain't nobody care about that shit. It's the internet. We trying to laugh and crack jokes. He got his stupid ass knocked out. And, yeah, he got all the heat he got, all the memes he got, he got. He deserved every single one of them because, A, he didn't prepare for the fight. B, he went up against a guy that actually fights and is fearless. See, Jake Paul is one of them white boys that you should be scared of because they have no fear. Like, they're not, they don't, they don't care if you black, you ate, they don't give a mother, they don't give a damn. And that is the kind of person, that is the kind of white, like, white boy, and I do, I, big shout out to, I, I fucking white people, they, 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 they cool too, but they some cool ass people, you know, some of them some cool people, I went to high school with a lot of them college i walk with some cool ass people you know uh some of them obviously you know but he was one of them that was like all right you know he he showed no fear he was trolling he was talking his shit and he backed it up knocked his stupid ass out and that is a lesson for every athlete anybody who just like oh man i'm gonna knock this dude out. i ain't worried about him i i got it i got this that is a lesson learned, and now you got knocked out. And not only did you get knocked out, he went on his Instagram picture and posted a picture of himself wearing your jersey. And you fed into his bait, Nate Robinson. You fed into his bait because that's what Jake Paul does. He's a troll, and he feeds off internet clout. So seriously, you fighting him in that match, celebrity boxing match, he had more to gain. Because if he knew he knocked you out, that was only going to expand his following. And you really had nothing to gain. You was like, oh, talking all that shit. Then he whooped your ass. And now only you expanded his brand. You made him that much more popular. Now he got his brother over there trying to fight Mayweather. I swear, if you fought Mayweather, if you fought for that bait... Don't fall for that bait. You don't have anything to gain, Mayweather. You are undefeated boxer with millions of dollars, with hundreds of millions of dollars. You ain't got, you don't have nothing to prove. Don't fight them. That's what they do. They're going to reel you in, and you're going to fall for their trap. But Nate Robinson, not only did you take that L, but when you looked at, when I looked at the, the what, what each boxer was paid, it was like my, like Roy Jones type, you know, Mike Tyson, they got a million dollars. Obviously, their fight, they got called by a draw. But since it was a charity fight, I'm sure they called it on a draw for, for a reason. But when I looked and looked at how much money that Jake Paul and Nate Robinson made, they made only $600. $600. So you're telling me Nate Robinson, who probably paid, probably got paid multi-million dollars, in his career, got his ass whooped and clowned on the internet for a PlayStation 5? A PlayStation 5. He got his ass whooped to buy a PlayStation 5. Nate Robinson, I hope that ass whooping was worth the PlayStation 5 because he could humiliate. You can't even, like, you can't even go back in the ring again. Like, bro, we watched you slumped on that mat. You got your ass whooped. That's what you get. And that should be a lesson learned for everybody out there that doesn't take anything seriously. When you don't take anything seriously 
and you try to compete with somebody that definitely takes it seriously, puts the preparation and the training in, they are going to humi humiliate you. They are going to embarrass you. And I hope that was a wake-up call for everybody out there who thinks just because they were a pro athlete or they're buff or swole, and that's going to be enough to get you far. Clearly, you got to have the craft to go with it. Go watch that. If, if you guys haven't, go watch that promo video. Go watch Jake Paul's preparation leading up to that fight and watch Nate Robinson leading up to that fight. And you're going to be like, yeah, I could I could see why he got his little stupid ass knocked out, little goofy ass. That's what you get, bro. Dumbass. Speaking of controversy, obviously I know everybody's seen the big controversy on social media over twerking or not twerking. Be classy or assy. Where am I getting with this? Apparently, everybody was going in on Twitter about a restaurant based in Dallas, Texas. I don't know. I think I seen it somewhere on Twitter. People were like, don't eat at this restaurant or whatnot. It was a restaurant called True's Kitchen and Cocktail in Dallas, Texas, in which a, the owner went to a group of lovely young ladies, lovely wonderful sisters black ladies and was you know they was enjoying themselves they was dancing and this owner happened to come up to them them you know paraphrasing and i don't know i'm not gonna say exactly what he, you know for word for word what he said but he was basically saying oh we're black we're better than this you know we don't need to dance and twerk like this we need to be respectful and basically was like if you twerk at my establishment Get out. This is not the place for that. And, you know, he was trying to portray as his place was this classy, upscale restaurant. And uh, and so he felt some type of way that some girls were twerking, which, first of all. Okay, sure, it's your own business. Uh, we get that. If you want to have your establishment, however, the t however way you want to have it, you have the right to do so because it is your business. You put your money into it, and people have the right to spend their money whatever they want. And however you want to have your restaurant portray as is your, you know, your obligation because it's your business. But at the second, at but also, if you're gonna have a DJ out there spinning playing. Throw that ass in a circle. What the hell was you gonna... What were you expecting? What was you expecting? Th they was gonna sit their ass in a square? Of course they was gonna throw that ass in a circle. What? If, if I hit throw that ass in a circle in a club or in a restaurant, I expect to see some girls throwing that ass up in a motherfucking circle. Because that is what... The DJ played. He played throw that ass in a circle. So when you play throw that ass in a circle, they're going to throw that ass in a circle. You know, when you hear back that ass up, when you hear that, this is cash money ruined from the 99-2000, you probably going to expect to see girls backing that ass up. Right? 
Okay then. So I get you can have your establishment, and I seen people on Twitter talking about would you shake your ass at you know Maggiano's or at uh, Ruth Chris or Houston's. Dumb restaurants ain't playing. Throw that ass in the circle. They playing classical music or elevator music. So, you know, it's not that kind of venue. They don't have a DJ. So if you do not want that kind of attraction to your restaurant owner, because I'm not going to refer to you by name because I don't even know if I know your name. I'll probably look it up after this. But if you're going to say, don't be coming to my establishment, shaking your ass, don't play shaking your ass music then. Be like those other venues and play Beethoven or jazz or whatever, and you're gonna get that upscale scene. But at the same time, don't intag- don't 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 embarrass customers and just you know if you don't ha- if you didn't write that, you could have just stalked to them like, hey, you know, this is not how I want you know. Maybe next time, you know, I I don't like that type of, you know, I don't want to see people doing that. You could have talked to them privately, and I'm sure they would have understood. But you didn't have to go screaming at them and telling them, don't spend your money here and there and this and that. But at the same time, I understand where he's coming from because, that's again, that's his business, and maybe that's not what he wanted to see at his establishment. Maybe that's not what he envisioned. But at the same time, if you don't want people dancing at your venue, don't have a DJ and don't have him playing music that is most like, especially when she serve liquor, and you and you know people get little drinks in their in their system, people are gonna spend money and you playing throw that ass in the circle, you most likely gonna have a hype crowd and you're gonna see some girls throwing that ass in the circle. So, also. If you want a specific crowd, make sure you try your best to attract to that crowd. Because if you want a classical restaurant, don't be having a DJ playing music like that. Stick to jazz and elevator music if you want that classy whatever venue. But don't humiliate women. Don't humiliate those customers that went out of their way to support your business. Spend money at your establishment only to be humiliated by the owner. Really? You're better than that owner. And you see, and that's the thing in today's society that a lot of these business owners don't know. If you do something like that, do something like that, and you get exposed on the internet, they could literally crush, they could they could make you and they can break you. Because now that you gave yourself a bad rap and all of Twitter and all of IG got a hold of that video and it was circulating all over the internet, you could have possibly cost yourself millions of dollars of revenue and basically blackballed yourself just because you felt the need to to lash out on some customers next time if you're going to if you want a certain if you want a certain theme if you want a certain customer if you want to appeal to a certain brand of customers make sure you 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 make you establish that early prior to uh, Prior to customers coming to your venue, don't have a damn DJ spinning hip hop music if you don't want a if you don't want customers that like hip hop music. If you want a classy restaurant, make sure you play classy classical music and have a dress code or have whatever you want to do with your business because that's your own business. It's your own money. You took the risk opening your business, but at the same time, make sure you make that known early instead of 
embarrassing the customer, you could have talked to them on the side. And you could have been like, hey, can you, you know, tone that down a little bit? You know, I, I don't want my other customers seeing that. I, you know, I'm, I apologize. You know, whatever. Even though if it's not your fault, you're an owner. You have the most to lose. So you had to make it seem like you're in an you're apologetic and you still appreciate their business because they are also spending their hard-earned money that they work for at your establishment. They could have had plenty of other options they could have went to. That's the thing. They, they had so many other restaurants and bars and lounges and restaurants they could have went to, but they chose your establishment. They chose to spend their money at your establishment. Maybe you should treat those people with a little bit more respect. That's just a, a thought. But you know one place in which we'll accept twerking at their establishment ah good old atlanta georgia where all twerkers can thrive and you can even make it your own profession and can be a professional stripper in which you can twerk and throw that ass and make all the type of money see i guys if i go and i hear throw that ass in the circle i better be seeing some girls throwing that ass in the circle eat my lemon pepper wings and seasoned fries. That's what I. That's my kind of venue. Shit. Once again, speaking of Twitter, and obviously I was having a, I was having a lot of mentions of fans, and we. It's been an ongoing debate recently. Obviously, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles struggle on Monday night. They lost to the Seahawks, and um, Carson Wentz obviously played terrible. And so, as I look, I start seeing all these sports shows and all these, you know, uh, talking about should Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, get fired? Should they fire Doug Peterson? And they're all, everyone has been in my mentions. I defended the coach, Doug Peterson, and said, how could you fire a coach having after one bad season? He had one bad season in, in a COVID infect, a COVID ravaged season in which he has no wide receivers. They have no other offensive line is banged up. Everybody's banged up. He's having one bad season and they're already ca calling for this man's job. And I defended him. I said, are y'all really, are y'all really going to fire a head coach that literally just won the Super Bowl three years ago and has literally been to the playoffs every single year after that? He's been to three straight playoff appearances. He's four and two in the playoffs. He's won that division twice. The man beat not only the greatest quarterback in NFL history in Tom Brady, he beat the greatest head coach, Bill Belichick, in a Super Bowl in which he won a Super Bowl. And I had Philadelphia Eagles fans in my mentions telling me, what has he done? He can go. He's a bad play caller. He's this and that. Carson Wentz stinks. He's this and that. And this is where I had, this is where everything kind of like mixed dibbles and dabbles. Because, and I'm sitting there telling them, like, are y'all really, are y'all fans, which, okay, I'll give Philadelphia fans credit. I'll give them, uh, I'll give them this. They have a high expectation for their teams. They believe their team should be a contender year in and year out. I will give them praise for that. But at the same time, he literally led y'all to y'all first ever Super Bowl. Okay, and I'm like, he leads you guys to the Super Bowl. You guys go to the playoffs every year, and the one time he has a bad season, you want to get fired? You want to fire him? And not only did that upset me, I had my fellow Vikings fans sitting there agreeing and saying he should be 
fired for having a bad season. He should be fired. First of all, Vikings fans, you don't have any right to even speak about another head coach losing their job when you guys are okay with the head coach we have and he hasn't even won the the Super Bowl. You guys will sit there and call for another man's job who accomplished the ultimate goal of winning a Super Bowl, but at the same time, you're okay with the head coach we have that can't even get to the Super Bowl. Mind you, this same Doug Peterson that you guys said should be fired put hung 38 points on your coach's stupid-ass defense in the most important game in which his team quit on the coach in the most important game of his career. So again, don't speak about a coach that has won a Super Bowl and say, yeah, he sucks as a coach, and then go support the, 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 the coach we have that can't even get to there. And matter of fact, he lost to that coach you want fired in the most important game. And not only that, he won the Super Bowl in our own stadium. In our own stadium. He hoisted the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. And 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 then you guys want to sit there and say Doug Peterson has the right to to uh, be fired. See, that's the problem. That's the difference between Minnesota fans and Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia fans. They expect a contender every year. They expect to be Super Bowl contenders every year. As for us... We're just okay with being okay, being decent, being mediocre, being, oh, we're good. We're good. Oh, we're 9-7. and seven. Oh, the coach, he's this and that. But can't win any playoff Can't Can't really, can't win any big games. He gets out coached consistently. Okay, so you guys are, again, we're, Doug Peterson is, the Eagles are 3-7, and 37-1, and one, and they want him fired, but but we're five and six. Mind you, we only have two. We're not even that good at ourselves. We're not even a good team ourselves. We're five and six. We're under 500. And oh my God, look at Mike Zimmer. He's got young corners. He's got, he, he's dealing with nothing on his defense. He's doing the best he can. But are you calling for the head coach of a Super, a Super Bowl winning head coach for his job? And, he, and the man doesn't have his, he's missing his all two, all pro linemen on his offensive line. The quarterback's got no wide receivers to throw to. His 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 star tight end is injured. Literally, the court. See, I, I I don't really care for Carson Wentz, but at the same time, I I watched that game and I truly feel bad for him because he not only does he not have an offensive line, he doesn't have a single receiver that can get separation. He all he has is a running back. His best his best offensive player, Zach Ertz, is injured. Alshon Jeffrey just came back. Deshaun Jackson's out. And not only that, their incompetent, incompetent GM, which he did win them a Super Bowl. I'll give him that. But their last couple of drafts have been very suspect, in which in back-to-back drafts, he took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf. And then the next previous year, which I thank him, by the way, every single day, he took Jalen Rieger over Justin Jefferson. And Jalen Rieger, who's supposedly this burner, he can't even separate off a corner. And that's what Carson Wentz has to work with. And again, speaking of Carson Wentz, he's struggling. He throws 15 interceptions. And when I say Kirk Cousins is better than Carson Wentz, I have Vikings fans tell me they would rather take Carson Wentz over Kirk Cousins. Again, here we go again. This has literally been our, our, our best quarterback we've had consistently ever. 
Think about it, fans. How many quarterbacks have you seen put consistently good seasons back-to-back? See, that's the problem with us. We appreciate, we don't appreciate the good things, but we're okay, we're, we're satisfied with the okay things. Like, Kirk Cousins has thrown, oh, but Kirk Cousins throw 11 interceptions. Carson Wentz has 15, but Carson Wentz has nobody to throw to. Okay, Kirk Cousins throws four touchdowns in a game. Defense blows the lead. But he should score. That's what we pay him for, to go down the two-minute drill uh, with a minute 50 left and lead us down the field. But when he doesn't do that, oh, that's what we pay him for. But Carson Wentz makes $32 million. You always talk about, we always talk about Kirk Cousins' money, but Carson Wentz also makes the same amount of money as Kirk Cousins. But we feel bad for him. By the way, I mean, he's in a terrible situation in Philadelphia. Not only does he get crucified by the, the Philadelphia media, Every game, he has to see a statue of his backup. In the same year he got injured, his backup, Nick Foles, wins the Super Bowl off the team that he had. And then he has a trophy. Not only does he have to see a trophy of Nick Foles every single day, then this, the, the Eagles drafted a quarterback in the second round. So not only does he have the backup to worry about, he has to see a statue of Nick Foles in which they, you guys, wor- the fans in Philadelphia, worship worship Nick Foles, which he's terrible. Other than Philadelphia, I feel like that's the only place he knows how to play play football because everywhere else he's been, he's fucking terrible. He's terrible. I mean, he had the Vikings looking like the, the purple people eaters just last Monday night. And for some reason, he goes to Philadelphia and he has a crazy hot, hot couple games, a historically hot couple games and wins the Super Bowl. And that's what Carson Wentz has to deal with every single day. And he's in a bad situation, by the way. But still, you're... So this is what this is the problem I have with my fellow fan base. You guys would rather take a coach that didn't win a Super Bowl over the guy that won a Super Bowl, and then when Kirk Cousins, who clearly has better numbers, throws more touchdown passes, more accurate, throws a better deep ball, you seem to downplay him like, well, he's got Thielen, he's got Cook, he's got this. What, you want him to play with nobody? Is that so he can prove a point? And I literally, I even tweeted, I said, Kirk Cousins is better than Carson Wentz. And my own fan base crucified me and said, I'd rather have Carson Wentz. I'd rather have this, even though he's playing terrible, terrible. His own team doesn't even want him. And you guys are saying you want him over the quarterback that's actually producing and is actually playing some really good football. But, but we have so much hate for the quarterback because he can't produce or he can't show up when it matters the most. But we have so much love for the head coach that literally can't do the same thing. Who can't always gets out coach, never has the team prepared when the game matters the most. But at the same time, our fan base has the right to chime in about another head coach losing his job in which he has a Super Bowl and our coach does not. Doesn't even hasn't even coached in a Super Bowl, but oh, Mike Zimmer is a great coach. He wins all his games and yeah, he, he he wins. What he he's dealing with practice squad players on his defense and Doug Peterson, who's an offensive head coach, is literally dealing with uh, practice squad players on his offense. But he can get crucified. But we have to feel bad for Mike Zimmer. See, that's the problem I have with my fan base, and that's why we never win. That's why we don't deserve good things because we only like to spin the narrative. When it suits us, like we, we're okay with a a, a, a a mediocre head coach, but the moment our quarterback shows he 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 may you know let us down somewhere. Oh my God! Get rid of the quarterback. He threw three interceptions in a game. 
I'm sorry, some quarterbacks have bad games. Tom Brady has had bad games. Peyton Manning has had bad games. Nick Foles has had bad games. Aaron Rodgers has had bad games. Russell, well, every quarterback has bad games. So if a quarterback has a bad game, oh, we have to get rid of him. Oh, but he makes $33 million. But that, but we have so much sympathy for the other guy who makes $33 million, Carson Wentz. But we show, we, but then again, we show so much sympathy for a coach who doesn't win the Super Bowl. But then we, we, we bash another team's coach that's won a Super Bowl. Do you see how backwards this our fans? That's why I have a problem with our fan base, and that is literally why we don't win. And I'm having an issue. And I tell this day, people are saying Philly, Philly fans that were in my mentions, all the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles fans, take it from me. Take it from a, a guy whose team doesn't win the Super. We don't not even get to win the Super. We don't even get there. Okay, appreciate what you have. Okay, you you guys can afford. This is a COVID year. You can you can allow your head coach Doug Peterson to have one bad season. Okay, now if he does it again, okay, then that's when you should. Okay, this is a what have you done for me lately, league? Okay, he can have a bad season. It happens. Things happen. You can't be good every year. The, the New England Patriots are an anomaly. Okay, and look, they're struggling too. Even Bill Belichick's struggling this year. Okay, yeah. You guys are fine. I would take Doug Peterson as my head coach. If Doug Peterson won the Minnesota team a Super Bowl, he honest. They already want to give Mike Zimmer a lifetime contract, and he he got to the NFC Championship game one time. Your coach won you a, a Super Bowl. Okay, you can allow him to have one bad season. Okay, give the man cut the man some slack. He literally won you a Super Bowl three years ago. We don't have a Super Bowl. Just be careful what you wish for because you can fire him and then be the Detroit Lions for the next 10, 15 years. At least Doug Peterson has you competitive every single year. You guys have been in the playoffs three, four, three years straight. You were just won the Super Bowl. Let the man... And then you got Stephen A. Smith over here saying he should the, the coach should be fired. The man had one bad season, just like Bill Belichick is having a bad season. The team's underperforming. It happens sometimes. You can't be good every single year. It's not possible. It's the NFL. People get cut. People get injured. Things happen. Okay, the coach is having one bad year. You don't need to fire a Super Bowl winning head coach because if you fire him, I promise you, <coughs> excuse me, he's gonna get hired by somebody right away because it's that how many head coaches right now in the NFL can you name that even have a Super Bowl exactly Mike Tomlin Bill Belichick Pete Carroll I guess you can say Mike McCarthy John Harbaugh that, that, that that's literally the only coaches I could think of that have a Super Bowl right now in in, in, in the NFL and Andy Reid, I'm sorry, Andy Reid, and Andy Reid. And, and even then, that shows you uh, there's not that many Super Bowl winning head coaches out there. And even those head coaches have had down seasons. You don't see their fan bases asking for their coach's job. Okay. And so now you guys want your coach fired. But... But my fan base, my fan, the fans that I, of uh, the team I support, want to give our head coach... I, an extension, I gave him an extension and want him here and say he's a great coach and he didn't even win the Super Bowl and your coach 
did win the Super Bowl. So listen to me. Let's, that's how moronic my fan base is. That they're okay. See, my fan base accept mediocrity and they want to keep a coach that doesn't win. And then you guys are over there wanting to get rid of a coach that literally completed the ultimate prize. So you should take that into consideration, Philadelphia Eagle fan. Because you know why? It can always get worse. Hey, you might have never won a Super Bowl if you didn't have Doug Peterson. Then what? What would you be saying then? You'd be in the same conundrum. Keep firing and hiring coaches just like the the Minnesota Purple football team. And that I don't even know why I reference them by name. Just because of the idiocy that comes from my stupid-ass fans that, that support this team. You criticize the quarterback, but you give the head coach the benefit of the doubt. And then in Philadelphia, you criticize the quarterback. You criticize the fan base. Oh, you got, I mean, you guys have criticized your coach and your quarterback, but our fans seem to criticize the quarterback when he's actually playing well, but not the head coach who is a defensive-minded coach who has obviously one of the worst defenses in the NFL who happens to still have two all-pro players on his defense. So take it from us. And also my last advice for you, for everybody out there, be careful what you wish for just because it just might come true. Appreciate what you have because when it's gone, it's gone forever. Anyways, that's my time for this episode. Appreciate y'all for tuning in to the BN Technical Podcast. Once again, if you have not subscribed, subscribe to my podcast to get all the latest content and episode you can stream me on apple Podcasts, spotify also straight from the anchor app you can also follow me on twitter instagram just being aaron i'm also on clubhouse if you're trying to hear your boy talk some 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 shit invite your boy in some rooms and hear some more of what i gotta say anyways i'm out i'm enjoy this seltzer and this hookah he didn't say a word Situations that ain't almost go my way. I'm still standing by my mission. I'ma do this shit my way. Remember laying on my deathbed. I couldn't speak, my body bleeding. I was restless. They stuffed them cues down through my throat cause I was breathless. My mama never left my side. She was my best friend. I seen the tears run out her eyes and it was endless. Ain't had no fear up in my heart. My soul was stressless. He done blessed me with a chance when I was helpless. I promise I would never lose and I forget that. Remember me said if I die today Know what I try to say And if my grandma isn't straight That shit's a tragedy I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties This hell on earth it ain't no place to raise a family I pray the Lord to see I pray my soul to keep Say my three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what is it supposed to be But I need changes in my life Devil too close to me Said I need changes in my life No, I need changes So many people around me But they feel like strangers Don't get too close to me You know I get anxious I seen the devil I hope God sent me some angels We in a crisis Walk outside and feel like we at war My block is ISIS Turn the TV on Them bodies dropping We can't fight this I survived the day But we don't treat it like it's priceless When we at them funerals The only time we righteous Yeah I need blessings on me I know many niggas want their weapons on me I know I've been paranoid, I watch them closely But I just
just heard my nigga got shot by his homie Damn, that shit so cold to me Can't nobody tell me nothing, my hood still got hope in me I just want my millions, don't want nobody to notice me No killer, but no nigga getting close to me Said if I die today, know what I try to say Straight, that shit's a tragedy I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties This hell on earth, it ain't no place to raise a family I pray the Lord I see, I pray my soul to keep Say my three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what isn't supposed to be But I need changes in my life, devil too close to me